secrets of the cemetery. Hello? Excuse me. Hello? Excuse me, please. Sorry, miss. The grounds are closed right now. You can come back in the morning. Maybe you could help me, though. I need to come in for just a little while. I, I won't hurt anything. I'm sure you won't, but... Here, here's my problem. Yes? I'm a writer. Oh, that is a problem. But the cemetery? I'm doing a story on the secrets of cemeteries, and I thought if I could be here at night... You don't need to be here after dark for secrets. Oh, um, I thought the dark would bring them out. It would kind of give them a special slant, especially especially since it's a full moon. Who are you writing this for? The newspapers or a magazine or what? A- actually, I write plays and... Oh, that's it. Doing a little horror story then. Sorry. There are too many scary stories about graveyards. This place is more special than that. I want to keep it safe from the creeps look for cheap thrills at the dead's expense. That's not exactly what I had in mind. What then? Well, I want to know what happens here when the funerals are over. When the families go home. How do people react to this place? Are there any stories that help people to live? Rather than die, you must know about something. Why can't you do this in the daytime? Well, the truth is I focus better at night, when there's just not so much going on around me. Could we at least chat for a while about this place? I have my rounds to make. Perfect. I'll ride with you in your cart, and maybe you could tell me some stories that you've heard. Let me check. You got any kind of ID? A card or something? Sure. You can check out my plays on the web. Okay, you can do my first round with me and we can talk. My boss will check in on us back here in an hour though, so no shenanigans. so much. Hey, would you like some coffee? I have a thermos. I'm fine. What kind of stories are you looking for? Anything. You know, things you've seen, maybe. Things you've heard about. Even funny ones. If, if there are such things in a cemetery. See this bunch of gravestones? They're all from the same family. I was on that knoll, over there, when I saw what happened here one day. It's stuck with me ever since. Focus, Helen. These are your family members. They'll understand. (sighs) Great Uncle Rufus. Rufus Allen... Born in Watertown, June the 27th, 1874. Died in January the 19th, 1924.
John Allen, born in Belfast, August 9th, 1848. Died in September 2nd, 1924. Wow, what a find. These graves are perfect. Everything I hoped for. Dorothea D. Allen, born in Watertown, June 2nd, 1890. Died in Cambridge, March the 25th, 1958. Anna Winter Page, widow of John Allen. Born in Watertown, June 25th, 1864. Died in Cambridge, September 13th, 1939. Oh, sorry, are you okay? Uh, Yes, yes, I'm perfectly fine. Do I know him? It's all my fault. I wasn't paying attention to where I was going. These gravestones are fascinating, aren't they? Are you related? No, not at all. Are you? Yes, a generation down, of course. Uh, Why are you here if you're not one of us? I love that. One of us. A real sense of belonging, of rootedness. (laughs) Unfortunate turn of phrase. They're planted, but I'm not. Oops, sorry again. I'm researching my master's thesis. Aha, a scholar on the hoof. How heartwarming. And what's the subject of your work? The effect of geography on family identity. Geography as in natural environment or politically defined location? Both. Two different things, my dear. Is this your first time around the academic track? It's my first master's, if that's what you mean. It sounds like it. It's hardly groundbreaking research, you know. I think I have a unique perspective that... You uh... have to be very original to make committees take notice. And a small point of view, a very small point of view. I'd suggest you narrow your focus down to the size of a flea. I know, right? (laughs) I thought I'd focus on just your family. (laughs) Now you've got it. And how did you choose my family for the honour? Look here. Every stone indicates the places of their births even before the dates. It's obviously very important to them. Why is that? Why do you think? So they wouldn't be mixed up with other people with the last same name. As in, hello, I'm Helen Allen of the Cambridge Allens. And you? Exactly. I'm pleased to meet you, Helen Allen. I'm Jamie Grady of the Quincy Grady's. Are you proud of that? I never thought about it much. Or didn't until I started this research. What about your parents? Are they proud of being from Quincy? I grew up with my grandmother. She was. Your Quincy roots go back generations then. How did she... Oh. Are you okay? Let me help you sit on the grass here. You can lean against the stone. I I feel kind of woozy. Uh, uh, May I help you? I was just trying to help you. I have water in my bottle if you want some. Are you a nurse? <laughs> no, just a Boy Scout run amok. I'm always prepared. This is my family's plot, you know. This is my Uncle Rufus's gravestone. He died in the plague in 1924. The plague? Tell me more. And my grandfather died the same year. His stone is down there. John Allen. He was 78, so they expected it. He was an old man with a bad heart. Was it related to Rufus's death, do you think? Think? I know it. My mother told me about it. Uh, who are you again? Uh, are you one of us? I've seen this before. Too bad. But she seems so with it. Like Grandma at the beginning. Uh, Jamie Grady of the Quincy Grady's. Should I know you? Someday I'll be buried here with the rest of the family. Right at the end of the back row. How does that make you feel? To know your place? What? Oh, God. Dare I ask how I got down here? 
Uh, why are you taking notes? You got dizzy. You were telling me about your family. Was I? Is it coming so soon? <laughs> of course I was. Uh, but you realise these are my stories. My memories. You have no right to use them. I didn't realise you were taking notes. I'm going to publish them myself. That's great. I'm not trying to take advantage of you. I'm not out to take anything away from you. That's what all scholars say. And they even believe it at first. But beware. The next thing you know, you'll be doing book talks and referring to an amusing family member you once met in the cemetery. <laughs> I'll be a footnote on page 67. You'll have looted my mind like the British Museum nabbed the Elgin marbles. Your memories are yours. So you say. But they're so easily given away. Or lost. Do you mind if I ask you a personal question? You can ask. I won't guarantee an answer, though. You seem to know a lot about all of this. Did you ever teach or advise? How observant. Yes, I played that game for many years. <laughs> They're even finally giving me an emeritus title. They thought a lot of me at Radcliffe even before it was just Harvard. Congratulations. What was your field? Sociology. But tell me about your life in Quincy, Mr Grady. Tell me about your school and your home. I don't see what difference... Remember your thesis? How did Quincy make you who you are today? I had a regular background. Grade school, high school. I was lucky enough to get into grad school at Cambridge. Cross the river to Nirvana, eh? <laughs> your grandmother must be very proud of you. She's gone now. Has been for a while. Oh, I'm sorry. I take it she wasn't a scholar. No, she wasn't. Is there something wrong with that? She was smart on her own. She just didn't have credentials. No offence, meant. When did she die? She didn't. I'd rather not talk about it. This, my dear, is what it feels like to have other people use your recollections as raw material for their work. Memories are sacred. You see how you responded. My grandmother is out of bounds. Physically or metaphorically? Not a joke. No, it wasn't meant to be. Let's talk about my study. You said it wasn't groundbreaking. <laughs> Hardly. Think of nationalism. Think of xenophobia. Think of regionalism. They're all larger examples of having geography define you. But I'm more interested in you. Watch out! Are you okay? <laughs> Where did he come from? Damn hybrids don't make any noise. Where were we? I don't remember. <laughs> Clever dodge, Jamie. I asked, um, I asked, now let me think. You were telling me how clueless I was in choosing this as my thesis. Was I? I thought I was asking about you and your grandmother. You said she was gone, but not dead. What exactly does that mean? Did she run away, or... Yes, or... <sighs> I see. For a long time? I told you, I don't want to talk about it. But I do. How long? How long did it take her to fade? What's it to you? I need to know. It's not just academic. How did it begin? How long? Because you... Yes, because I... How long have you known? I just found out today. I've come from the doctor's office. <laughs> oh my God, I can't escape. Not even here in the cemetery to do my research. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. It's not funny. I know it's not funny. Probably even better than you do. Dementia is just criminal. I've been watching my grandmother wink out slowly. That funny, funny, strong lady. I hate it. And then I meet you. You're still here, but... 
But what? Look, I came here to take a break, to lose myself in my work. And then I found you to talk to. You're so smart. You were already teaching me things in just a few minutes. You thought that I might help you? Yes. I could obviously learn a lot from you. And I came here to find comfort in my family. I was just going to spend a little quiet time with them and tell them all my troubles. I'm I'm sorry. sorry. Perhaps we could talk another time. I could help you use my stories before the ship sinks. Maybe my thesis needs to be tweaked. Perhaps it could be about memory and loss, or or about the redemptive qualities of memory. I'm sorry to tell you this, Helen Allen of Cambridge, but memory studies are being done to death right now. The journals are full of them. So I'm out of touch, and I don't think I have time to recover. But I want to leave a trace. I don't want everything I worked for to be lost in a grey haze. How about this? Compare and contrast. Memory and identity. Two cases of memory loss on opposite sides of the Charles River. How they are affected by place. Brilliant! Small as a gnat. We can do this. We can. I'd love to. You have the energy. And you have experience. The savvy to play the game that will get you where you're going. The key to success in scholarly circles. Thank you. Thank you for throwing me a lifeline. It's mutual. Believe me, I'll probably get more out of this than you do. But now, my friend, I I must return to my family for a chat. You'll be okay? Here's my card. We could meet up very soon. We have a lot of work to do. Of course, and, and here's mine as well. Thanks. Yes, thanks. Rufus Allen, born in Watertown, June the 27th, 1874... Died in January the 19th, 1924. Dorothea D. Allen, born in Watertown, June the 2nd, 1890. Died in Cambridge, March the 25th, 1958. I met the nicest young man here, Mother. He reminds me of Harold before he died in the war. I even thought he was Harold for a moment or two but I kept my last remaining wit about me so I wouldn't frighten him. (laughs) And now I'm going to help him claw his way up the academic ladder as long as I can. That was beautiful. I wonder what happened then. Just think a whole new reason to live for as long as she could and it was sparked right here in the cemetery where all you usually think of is dying. You might like this story. I swear someone told me that a guy he knew actually heard it on an iPad they took out of a casket. An iPad? How did that happen? Must have been dead. Oh, Felix, excuse the expression. Any idea why it was in the casket? The recording told everything. It had something to do with the person's will. He swore to God it was true. We therefore commit her body to its final resting place. Earth to earth, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Amen. Amen. If you'd like to join us for coffee and share your memories about Kitty and her books, Please feel free to follow me.
Into the grave. <laughs> yes, I really did it. Thank you for dying first, Alex. It made choosing my own plot so easy for me. Oh, loved your funeral, by the way. It was just like a British movie. All those black umbrellas and tailored suits. It made me tear up for for a moment. <laughs> I made a couple of good contacts. Funerals are such good networking opportunities. It was tasteful. I thought I covered everything. Yours, on the other hand, was interesting. Who was that man with the tuba? Oh, that was Barry, an old friend. He takes it with him everywhere. Poor dear. It's his therapy tuba. Did you write the sermon? Of course not. But I thought that having the minister remind people that I was your biographer was a nice touch. Everyone was delighted to see us joined in death. Best buddies? Until that moment, I didn't realise that the dead could shudder. He was grateful for the opportunity to honour you. Everyone was excited to see your grave, those that remembered you. I should have arranged for them to build a wall around my plot to protect me from you. Oh, come on now. This is so cosy. We'll be neighbours forever. Just what I was afraid of. Neighbours with my poison pen unauthorised biographer. That's a bit harsh. I called it unvarnished reporting. It was all based on fact. <laughs> like pottery is based on clay. You gave it all your own personal ugly spin. Like Picasso, then. Some people like his stuff. Look, I've always wanted to ask you, why did you pick me as a subject for your work? The Price of Truth? Nice title, didn't you think? As far as why you, I wanted to be taken seriously for a change. It could have been anybody smart, but you looked the neediest. How flattering. When somebody told me you wanted to chronicle my life, I was thrilled. I didn't realise, though, that you had a hatchet for a pen. You hacked at everything. I never wanted to be carved up in front of the nation. You should have read my books before you agreed, then. I didn't agree. Well, you didn't actually say no. And I didn't really need your permission to write about you. It would have just made my life easier. Oh, your ex was a dream interview, though. Hence the term ex. When my little masterpiece about you hit the bestseller list, everybody found out what Pulitzer Prize winners will really do for their books. They were shocked to hear how you actually got all your info about world leaders. I considered it my literary duty to let them know. Well, at least you can't damage me any more now. But you've ruined my peace and quiet here. You're blocking my view of the pond. It was tragic that so many of the mourners had forgotten you, wasn't it? I wasn't surprised. They were your friends after all. 
thus barely literate. Now, now, they all read my books. I rest my case. It was bad enough being stalked by you in life, but to have you follow me after death is downright cruel. I only wish I could tweet from beyond the grave, but alas, no Wi-Fi. I should have checked. Tell me you weren't buried with your smartphone. I wasn't buried with my smartphone. That's something, then. That thing always gave me the creeps. I was buried with my tablet, pointed at my face for selfies. Oh, my God! That's far too much information. Who's going to click the camera? It's automatic. Once a day, every day, a flash will go off and there I'll be. I got an advance agreement to publish the photos and assigned my husband to write the piece. I didn't realise he was a writer too. Oh, he's not. He'll mainly just write captions. He's a cartoonist. How will I get the pictures? According to my will, they'll exhume the casket in one year. Ah, picture number one. Well, maybe Ken Burns could use them in a documentary about decay. You know, I don't know why you ever bothered to write about other people, Kitty. You're such a character yourself. I know, right? I left the manuscript of my autobiography behind in a safe. There was a bidding war. For all the good it'll do you now. It was cash up front, my dear Alex. I'm not a complete idiot. I made the most of it. Was I in it? Aha. You aren't as indifferent to publicity as you'd like to make out. The answer is, maybe. Didn't it ever bother you that you made people's lives miserable with your books? That you made my life miserable? I didn't see it that way. Obviously, but... I saw it as making myself happy, important, rich. Isn't that what life was supposed to be all about? But you ruined my marriage, shot my relationship with my students and my circle of friends. And publishers wouldn't touch my stuff again because we were afraid it was tainted. All because of your lies and innuendo and half-truths. And what did you finally get out of it? Fame. People remember me. I'll live forever. <laughs> so you don't believe in an afterlife <laughs> with punishments and rewards where you get what's coming to you for all that misery. If there were a heaven and hell, would we be talking here? You'll find out soon enough. By the way... Yes? There was one big secret you never found out about me. Oh, really? What was that? About me, two cardinals, and the Pope. You'd hardly believe what you can get up to in those apartments. No. What? The Pope? During my research on Vatican art acquisition. Seriously? This is fantastic. How did that escape my eyes? I thought I was flawless. Nothing escaped me and my researchers. The Vatican knows how to protect people's privacy. They've had lots of practice. Well, what happened? Oh, tell me everything. It was St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> we all got a little plastered together. And then, if I tell you, you've got to promise not to tell it to anyone else. Right, right. I won't tell any... Oh, my... Oh, God! Yes. I can't tell anyone. No one. 
Oh, but I have to. How can I get the word out? This is too good to keep to myself. There must be a way. With my tablet. Oh, but there's no Wi-Fi. <laughs> and now you know, my dear. Welcome to hell. I get you as a neighbor forever. And you get the story of the century and can't tell a soul. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dying to find out what that scandal was or if Alex just made it up to drive Kitty crazy. <laughs> what revenge. You know, you're a very good storyteller. I'd love to hear more. I'd better get you back to the gate before the boss shows up. It's a few minutes after the time I said I'd be there. I wouldn't want you to lose your job because you've been trying to be nice to me. Thanks so much again. I can't believe it, you know. I didn't even get your name. I'd like to be able to check a few things with you if I need to. Do you live near here? My pleasure, Susan. I come from very near here, on the hill near the centre of the grounds. The one with the statue of the dog on it. <gasps> so, you're a... Spirit of the cemetery. You have been listening to Secrets of the Cemetery, written by Patty Cassidy of Cassidy Plays and produced by Brianda Cross of Fast Fiction Podcast. Performers are a combination of artists from Fast Fiction Podcasts Australia and Hand to Mouth Theatre United Kingdom. They are as follows. The tour, Stephen and Jennifer Haynes from Fast Fiction, Litany, Jane Bouvel and Tom Lee Hines from Hand to Mouth, Payback, Brianda Cross and Richard Edwards' Fast Fiction Podcasts. We hope you have enjoyed this special production of Combined Talents. For more information, please go to fastfictionpodcast.com where you will find links to all the artists and their other fine works. Thank you. Thank you.